Welcome back, Amy Talks fans, to another episode. Today, I'm going to be talking to small business owner Michael Jones, who also happens to be my dad, about what it's like to be your own boss. We'll also be discussing what the current UK political developments with Brexit will mean for his company, and he reveals some of the hiring mistakes he has made during his 30 years in business. So this week's Good News Story is applied as ever by the Good News Network. They uh, put a story up, the headline, thousands of people have been encouraged by mum's yard signs and their feedback has been amazing. So basically this woman who has had mental illness in her life has kind of put encouraging road signs uh, up around the world. Well, not just her, obviously other people. It says Amy Wolf was first inspired to start erecting the inspirational signs after she had a heartbreaking discussion with an acquaintance in May 2017. She said, We were hanging out with friends when one of them mentioned the suicide rates in our community and I about fell off my chair. I felt completely hopeless and ill-equipped to be part of a solution. After all, I wasn't a therapist. I didn't know of anyone suffering with thoughts of self-harm. But what on earth could I do? So she came up with the idea of putting up motivational signs in people's yards like... She started uh, knocking on doors, asking if they could put signs up, featuring messages like, don't give up and your mistakes don't define you. There were people, other people in the community obviously wanted to get involved and bought the signs. And she said, with it, and it says, within a few days, Wolf had sold over 150 of the yard signs, which is amazing. Apparently, her husband designed her website to sell the signs which is great and obviously it's it's kind of caught on everywhere and people have been really supportive of it uh, so she launched a non-profit called Don't Give Up and she now uh, ships the non-profit's messages of encouragement to all 50 US states and 26 countries in six languages which is amazing for obviously people who are suffering you know drive past and see that and it brightens their day and you know might stop them like thinking bad thoughts for a minute or like wanted to self-harm or something so that's really good at the end of the article says wolf now hopes that the movement will continue gaining traction so that young people and adults will be reminded that there's indeed a light at the end of the tunnel and they are deserving of happiness it's such a cute story and uh, i really hope people buy the signs and and are inspired by them as ever i'll leave the link to the article in the description of this episode so if you wish to go and see about it or like contribute to the charity or like buy a sign whatever then it's there for you to do so so i'm here with michael hello hello amy how are you very well thank you good good so obviously you're an owner of a small business so what led you to owning a small business particularly in the courier industry um, back in 1987, I was offered a job for a uh, California-based courier company. Uh, yeah. I was offered a job as a uh, basically a driver operations. I worked for them for three years, and in that time, I made my way up to station manager. Mm-hmm. And I felt I got to a point where I thought that I could probably do this for myself. Mm rather than somebody else. I took some steps to look at some finance and a way of doing it, and once it was all in place, I uh, went ahead. So what educational experience did you have that prepared you for the business? I know you've kind of partially answered it. When I started for the 
the American company, uh, they were new to the UK. And what, but what had happened, they'd made so many mistakes that I didn't know about at the time. Yeah. And because of those mistakes, they, they sent one of the team over from the USA, uh, a guy called Mark, and we worked together to uh, put everything right, uh, which we did. So I obviously gained a lot of experience through that, having to put a lot of wrongs right. Yeah. In terms, that was probably more experience. In, in terms of education, I would suggest you need to be pretty good at maths, <laughs> especially percentages. It's all yeah. about kilo rate times kilo weight, and if you can understand that, then you've got it. You've got it. Good. Obviously, using that educational experience that you just mentioned, what does your business bring that rivals don't? Uh, probably not a great deal, really. If you take out the uh, integrators, i.e. DHL, FedEx, UPS, uh, the rest of us are all pretty much doing the same thing. There's probably not a lot between us. A lot of it is obviously down to pricing. A lot of it's down to personality as well, if they like you or they don't. I guess one thing, a slight advantage we have is that we do have an office in Hong Kong, and that is where the major part of our business goes to. Mm. Uh, so we have good connections in Hong Kong and the Far East and customers in London and Hong Kong, they, they both like the connection and they like the fact that we can communicate quite easily uh, if there's a problem. The industry is switching to more sort of digital way of life, so like DHL and FedEx have like mobile tracking and things now, so are you keep it, keeping up? If so, how? Uh, yes, we are keeping up. Uh, I've just invested in some new software which does pretty much the same thing as the integrators, as in the tracking, uh, mobile uh, proof deliveries, etc. The only thing we haven't got that they have uh, is we don't have the satellite tracking, mm. which is live. So our, our, our tracking isn't live, it's, it's, everything needs to be updated at a later date. Kind of manually? Well, well yes, manually, manually, yeah. Once, once it's entered into the system, yeah. But the, the DHL and FedEx, they have it's live tracking, satellite tracking, and your updates are pretty much mm. to the second. So you use DHL for packages to different places. What's it like working with them, knowing that they're sort of part of the competition? Uh, I don't have a problem working with them. Um, they uh, obviously have a worldwide network and to some places they offer the best pricing you can get and also knowing that you're going to, you're going to get the service and the, uh, the satellite tracking with it and the, their satellite tracking is integrated into our system so we do actually get uh, get better results up to the second nice um, so no I don't have a problem working with DHL um, the service is good the prices are good and uh, my sales rep's quite a nice guy. What's the best part of working for yourself? That's what everyone wants to know. And conversely, what's the worst? Uh, best part of working for yourself, I would say, well, obviously, you're your own boss. You're not getting up every morning to go and work for somebody else. Yeah, I guess that's the thing I like the most, is probably the freedom to come and go pretty much as you please, as long, you know, as, long as everything's operating properly freedom to make your own decisions uh, not to have somebody do that for you yeah in my case I, I enjoy the freedom of it more than anything mm.
Yeah. Uh, and what's the worst? I, well, I guess in my case, I would say it was bad debt. I hate bad debt. I hate people who don't want to pay you. Mm. And I also, going on from that, there are people out there who are quite happy to run up huge debts with you and then close their company. That must be the most frustrating thing ever. Oh, it makes me angry, and I would say it's probably the worst part of the business that I know. Hmm. There's obviously, yeah, that's the worst. It's something I hate, and I think it's time the uh, maybe the government did something about it. They have, they have tried, but got nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and what's what's worse is that um, these people can then close one company and open another. And then open another, and, and all the all the previous debts are written off. So people like me don't get paid. Don't get paid exactly. Oh, it's awful. Happens a lot, Amy, and it happens to bigger people than me. Mm. So yeah. it's just something that I think needs to be addressed. Yeah. So as you alluded to, business ownership can be quite stressful, but also quite rewarding. Would you agree or not? And if so, why? Uh, yes, it can be stressful. Going back to my previous answer, that's probably quite a stressful time when things like that happen. Because mm. if it happens in a big way, you've maybe got to look at possibly laying off staff, cutting back on certain things that, you know, you've just got to start looking at things a bit, a, a lot more closely. Mm. You've got to start spending more time there than you maybe you did before. And more resources as well. More, yeah, so uh, yes, that is quite stressful, rewarding as well, yeah. yeah I mean, you, could, you, know, you could have you know, a great financial year and you know, get a pat on the back for it, and then and that is a rewarding time. Then the following year, it could be the opposite, and it's a more of a stressful time. Yeah. So, there's never, there's never two days the same, really. I quite, I um, I kind of learned to handle stress now. I just, yeah. if, but I think you learn, you learn. You listen, you know, you learn lessons and you, th- you, put, you put things in place to stop these things happening in the future, which in a way reduces the, your stress levels. Mm, yeah, because you know how to deal with it and you know that the next time it happens, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You own the business with your wife. That's correct. So is it challenging or do you guys like... Like how's the kind of work-life balance? Um, yeah, well, it can be. It, it has its moments, I guess. But we we do, you know, we've got different areas of the company that we uh, we don't specialise in. Specialise. Yeah. Well, Alison is the uh, finance director, and I don't dabble in that at all. I leave that all to her. I do more of the um, operations. Operations, client pricing, etc., etc. Do you find that helps that you both have different things to focus on? Within the business. Oh yeah, yeah. We we you know we never cross each other's lines. Yeah. Yeah. I I I wouldn't dream to go in and tell her. How to do her job. No. No. And she wouldn't. She wouldn't ask. You know. She. You know. We we communicate, but you know we we just there's a line there. Yeah. That you know neither of us cross. Yeah. So so that makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, I I'll see. Yeah. Sometimes the business can come back home with you both and you carry on at home and maybe but I think that's something we stopped doing as well yeah over the years we used to do it quite a lot but um, whereas now you just don't, don't leave, discuss it yeah we leave work at work that's good most of the time most of the time yeah, unless there's unless there's a few serious issues so 
Yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's okay. I guess it wouldn't suit everybody, but um, you know. Fair enough. Just to do the B two B business. Why is that? And could you be more successful with B two C or like e commerce? Because obviously I know that's big with like Amazon and people like that. Um. Well, yes and no. I probably if I. <laughs> If I was if I was going to, if I was to enter the e-commerce market, I could probably be a lot more successful. But right at the moment, the way the company is structured, we don't have the customer service team that you would require. Yeah. As most e-commerce deliveries are home deliveries. Yeah. A large part of the time, the uh, people are not. Are not home. on in, yeah. Plus, you've got returns, so you need a, a a huge network as well. You need need a big network of drivers. So no, and also you need a a, a larger, of a fair, fair size customer service department to handle all the calls, etc. Queries and stuff, yeah. Queries, etc. Which I don't have. So B two B, I've always done, and it's I just find it easier to deal with businesses than to deal with the general public. Mm. Yeah, because they understand, you know, the people you're yeah. dealing with understand the business, you know, and they understand your business, and you have to understand their business. So you'll get along quite well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Obviously, Brexit's a big issue, um, and is going to be happening yes. or not. Uh-huh. Um, so if it does, and particularly if there's a no deal, how would that affect your business? Uh, right, well, at right at this moment, as uh, a lot of the uh, shipments that we import export are from from or to Hong Kong. Yeah. That side of things won't, won't really affect us that much. I guess the biggest uh, impact with a no deal is if there's no uh, if there's no longer a customs union, then all the traffic in and out of Europe yeah. will need to come under some sort of import export. No, well, there'll be tariffs involved. Yeah, uh, but but. It doesn't really affect us because because we only deal in small packages mm. of sort of low value goods, but mm. there still will be need to be some sort of uh, import export scheme put in place. As yet, HMRC don't know what it is, although they've given us a few ideas. Um, nothing's been put in place yet. So right at this moment, I couldn't give you a definitive answer on that. But mo- as most of my business goes from Hong Kong and the Far East that won't be affected no so, it's just the stuff in Europe so most of, most of what I do will not come under the, any the sort of no deal sort of uh, customs union scenario yeah oh interesting what is the first business related issue that you think about when you wake up uh, none really <laughs> no I don't I don't that's something I do is um, this something you used to do yeah, I did actually, yeah, but then I kind of stopped doing it because I couldn't see the point in waking up worrying. So what I do, my, my morning sort of consists of have some breakfast uh, and then I will check my emails. Yeah. And not, so, not before that? Not before, no. I usually have a cup of tea and some toast and then I'll check my emails. And um, with Hong Kong being, uh, being a late time, sort of eight hour time difference, they, they have, may have issues in Hong Kong. Yeah. They, they want me to look at. And as I'm quite an early riser. It's I quite can a good get, time. 
Yeah, well, if I if I answer their emails at seven a.m., it's three p.m. over there. They still got time to yeah. act on. Yeah, yeah, act on what you decide. On what I decide. So yeah, so that's my first uh, my first uh, sort of thought for the day, business wise, is checking the emails. Mm. Unless of course I get a call from the office saying something's gone very wrong. Which is very rare these days. Which is very rare, thankfully. Good. Good. I've personally seen this, you know, when we've been on holiday and things. Is there any chance to like switch off? Because I know you kind of you and Mum are always on your phones and stuff. No, well, no. We, well, you certainly were when we were younger. I was, no, I very I uh, don't take phone calls on holiday, and not unless it's pretty serious. Not unless it's really urgent. Uh, but obviously there's yeah well I do switch off but obviously I'm still connected by email yeah so I will check my emails and if anything needs answering I'll answer it but that's one of the, I guess one of the downsides of any but the staff could cope with most of it oh, you know okay. yeah, the day to day running of the business is is not that difficult it pretty much runs itself it's only um, if there's a financial question really, yeah. that needs to be answered but apart from that I've, even though I, I check my emails on holiday there's not many times I have to answer to anything any of it so I do put an, I, I do tell Hong Kong that I'm away and they they don't bother me much either so get some proper time to relax yeah good what's the worst hiring mistake you've ever made and what provisions have you made to prevent problems in future with no names obviously no no names but uh, no plenty of plenty of hiring mistakes over the years uh, namely no actual names but mainly in the uh, transport drivers department I've had good stolen from me uh, I've had well I've had good stolen directly from me and I've had goods well not goods but petrol etc stop I, I guess you could use the word stolen as they would fill their wives cars up yeah. on, on, on my petrol account etc mm. as far as I'm concerned that's stealing yeah, that is. Yeah. So yeah, um, I've got to say it hasn't. It's not a problem that's uh, risen for a long time, but uh, there was a time when I did have some people who did steal goods. Pretty dodgy people. Yeah, and they were caught on CCTV and uh, fired, as they should be on the spot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and to well, as I say, we. Um, we haven't hired any staff for a while now, so obviously um, we've done our, you know, we've done our vetting has yeah. uh, worked quite well. So you know, the, everyone who works for us now has been there a long time. They've never really done anything of that nature. No, no. So. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for answering my questions. Any other questions? I need? No, not that I can think of. Okay. Okay. Thank you for a lovely interview. That's all right. that's all for today folks if you wish to follow me on my social media and keep up with show updates and see look clips from previous and future episodes or just want to have a chat with me my uh facebook and twitter handles are at amy talks podcast and if you wish to subscribe to this very uh show you can do on uh, stitcher spotify itunes and also mixcloud as well if you have a mixcloud account 
yeah, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed or gave my show a five star rating on iTunes. That would really, I would really, really appreciate it. And um, definitely, if you do so, tweet me and give a shout out. And until next time, bye.